Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Welcome to Insert Here, a sex podcast where lust and learning meet. I'm your host, Kate Warren. Each week, I invite a new guest on the show to share their experiences outside the heteronormative or vanilla worlds of sexual expression. Guests bring a wide variety of gender, orientation, and racial experiences to life through their stories. They approach sexuality in fascinating ways and talk about how it's informed by who they are and what they've experienced. I invite regular people to share their best tools, tips, and tricks for communicating, thinking about, and of course, having great sex. Today, we welcome sex educator and sexological body worker, Benjamin. Benjamin is certified in sexological body work don't worry, we'll tell you what that is, from the state of California and has a practice based in New York City, working with individuals, couples, and groups to help them experiment and expand their sexual experiences through one-directional ecstatic erotic embodiment massage. Using massage, breathwork, movement, and sound, his work creates opportunities to experience conscious ecstatic and erotic states. Welcome to the show, Benjamin. Thank you. I think that's the most number of times I have said uh, I have said erotic in an introduction for a person in their bio. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. So thank you for coming down and joining us in person from New York. Yeah, thank you. We are here recording live at the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C. And as we do with every show, I would like to start uh, by asking you to share the labels that you choose for yourself, if you choose to use labels. Um, I, I refrain from labels, um, but I know people like to identify people with labels. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, um, I would say I, uh, if you see me walking down the street, cis, white, male, um, having grown up and kind of defining my own for myself, um, I'm definitely, um, I'm on a spectrum of, of what my mood is and Mm -hmm. how I identify, um, that with, I interact with people. Sure. Cool. So lots of, yeah. d- like it's, a wide variety of experiences. Yes. And I think it's also just as telling uh, that you don't choose to use certain labels because you feel, do you, is that because you feel bound by something? You yeah. Feel, feels I, I, I kind of want it to be, I, I, I don't necessarily need, um, I, I don't need to have a label to myself. I, mm-hmm. I kind of like to be fluid in the moment. And so, so for me, it, it doesn't have a, a big importance to me that's awesome yeah. I love that so can you start us off um, I, I actually for this show I'd like to for you to explain sexological body work so we know sort of what the destination is and then you can help us understand how you got there yeah um, sexological body work um, it's a train course that I went to in California and uh, basically a hold space for people to have an experience um, a sexual experience um, quite often um, cool though Predicted, unpredicted. Sometimes it that does that does go there, and uh, um, I've I've done this for nine years now. Um, I started out um, 
for the first uh, seven years working mostly with men and uh, and just having having a platform to to work with men and um, and basically I see a wide range of people coming in and different different things we can work with but it can be as as far as uh as as much as just reintegrating someone with touch familiar touch that's uh Mm -hmm. safe and positive um to full-blown orgasms um emotional releases uh energetic um like releases yes Cool. cool so clients are coming in to you asking for help yes they're coming um often and it's not necessarily a problem, but maybe an obstacle that is in the way of, of reaching a, a sexual goal that they might have. Um, mm-hmm. Like what kind or, of sexual goals? Um, well, they might just, uh, for example, um, if, if uh, a guy came to me and he was like, um, I, I really, I can't, when I orgasm my leg, I have to be flexing my legs. They have to be stiff. How, how can I, mm. how can we work around that? And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I've had all genders actually say this um, as a common, common thing that mm-hmm. uh, other people can relate to. So something like that, just as something as simple as that. Cool, totally. So they come to you with a question or mm-hmm. a hurdle of some kind, and then you develop a plan. Yeah, um, we we go through. I don't ever guarantee like outcomes. Some people like I've never had an orgasm, and so I'm mm. like, well, I'm not going to be the the person to 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 show you that. But we'll we'll show we'll explore options that might lead to to better understanding yourself. Uh, through embodiment uh, uh, practices. Mm, okay, so if somebody has never had an orgasm, which is a which is a thing, yes, like that is yeah. a question that mm-hmm. I receive from people. What would you tell them? Um, we just explore. I think really getting familiar with yourself um, mm-hmm. and uh, or difficulties orgasming. I think that's mm-hmm. quite often. It's maybe that they they it's not an absolute. They can't. Um, it's been few and far between. What are maybe the patterns that get them there? Um, mm-hmm. But also letting go of that that uh, that ability to think that I can never have one and just relax in that moment. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different spectrums. It yeah. can be psychological, but it could also just be like doing, becoming more familiar with yourself um, mm-hmm. and just taking that time. That's awesome. I love that. So let's wind it back. How do you become a sexological body worker? Well, What's your story? Um, I mean, it, 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 I, I often, I, you know, I say that 10 years ago I, I found this practice, but really um, growing up, I, I think it's important to say that my parents are sex therapists. Mm. Um, they were pastors for about 20 years, um, and then they got their PhD in sexology um, and creating a practice uh, involving spirituality, sexuality, and religion. So as much as you want to not be like your parents when, when you're young mm-hmm. um, and throughout my 20s, um, exploring other things I have to say that giving credit to just being around that environment was uh was something that kind of um uh, led me to to come full circle back into my experience that's really a unique experience to have had so they were messaging things like gender and orientation and sex to you in like very very broad terms very different than how most people experience with their yeah, parents very much so I mean my mom gave me uh, a pink Charlie Dolly mm-hmm. um, gave my sister blue Charlie you know like various things that I was really into cross stitching and in creating and spending hours in my room crafting mm. um, and just how how we how we were raised was I think at the time was kind of experimental in that way but I do credit a lot of of that to my parents just being like pretty awesome yeah cool. so how did that shape your perceptions of sex um i don't know if, if i think the community the the culture which i grew up in still um still had a lot of um bearing on my 
lack of understanding about sex. I had a lot of access to reading about sex growing up, but um, but it wasn't necessarily um, it wasn't necessarily something that I, th- I think it, like everyone else, it was what we all had growing up because of culture. So sure. I still kind of grew up with some taboo thoughts and some some misunderstandings about sex. Mm. But I was able to have this plethora of reading material. Growing up, all these books, I had religious books on the right and sex books on the left, and I just oh, wow. could devour them. Um, and at several points, uh, mm-hmm. I remember uh, <laughs> my parents were like, well, we haven't seen uh, the Joy of Sex book. We haven't seen it floating around. It's not on the shelves. And they're looking at me, and I'm like, well, it's, it's a classic, <laughs> I like sex how-to yeah, book, basically. I'm, I'm definitely, um, it's definitely not underneath my mattress at all. No. Um, no. Oh, but, but you were still putting it under your yeah, mattress? Yeah. And, uh, and I wasn't returning it to the shelf, and they're like, well, just... For example, if you do have it, just make sure it, it, it finds its way back because it's an out-of-print rare book. Um, <laughs> sure enough, when I went to college, it reappeared on their shelf. Oh, um, so uh, interesting. Magically. I don't, it wasn't me. Weird. I someone would have, um, yeah, the sex yeah. book gnomes decided they yeah. were done with it. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> I love that. Well, and that they wouldn't, they, they weren't shaming you about it. They no. weren't, and yeah, they weren't even directly confronting you about very it. Very clever. Yeah. They're like, hypothetically, <laughs> if you have this book. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So you had this really sort of formulative childhood that was really sex positive. So how did that shape, uh, shape your life as a young adult? Um, what well, went down? <laughs> I, I think I definitely, I definitely didn't learn a lot about sex until I think it was, um, and I think it was through chat rooms, um, mm, and, okay. and, and people kind of at the time I thought it might have been women that I was talking to, but when you were a teenager, a uh, teenager to young adult, like okay. probably you know, like 19 to 21. Okay. And, and I was, I was finding these, these, um, what I thought at the time might've been women mm-hmm. talking to me now in hindsight, realizing most likely men, mm-hmm. um, which whatever we can, won't break that down right now but it, it, it kind of became Consent, um, challenging yeah it became like a, a confusion uh, for me around men and trust mm-hmm. um, okay. throughout a lot of my uh, 20s where I would I would I would have this false trust once I would figure out like uh, you know a guy would be like yes come over to to our place and you know my wife will be home later but oh while we're waiting for her to get home mm-hmm. why don't I just touch you a little bit and so in my naive you know 19 year old yes mind. it's nothing that how my parents rate no it's nothing to do with that it's just like I I'm I'm hopeful I have these like you know like well you know maybe she will come home and you know, he showed me a picture I'm really trusting and so there's this um this breakdown of that trust um yeah. of, that's violating and and felt kind of you know um I, I i don't think i processed it and i don't tell that story in a in a i want pity type of way sure. i just it's it's an experience that happened and, and then later um i i then have been allowed a platform to speak to men um who are wanting to explore because all these men it felt like at the time they wanted to explore a sexuality that they didn't feel comfortable with sure so there are all so, these negative connotations yeah, and yeah around those sexual experiences yeah and um and so so i think that um growing up everyone has always felt comfortable talking to me coming Mm -hmm. and and sharing experience no judgments um i think that was definitely how how i was raised is we would we would take in families that maybe had been disowned by other individuals and and just Mm -hmm. kind of foster children in a way um, mm-hmm. in our home. So it was kind of That's always, awesome. always taking people in and always being around, around and present for, um, for people. And then, wow. so, yeah. Holding space. Yeah. For that person. Yeah. That's great. So you lost your virginity in a pretty interesting way. 
Yes. Do you want to share the story of how you lost your virginity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as we sort of march along here. Yeah, it was it was to a couple. Um, I, I I think this is a, amazing. A, a funny. St- it, it's um, I never thought that that you know that's how, but it was kind of like I I ran into the situation and and it it was actually a couple because at some young age I was like I'm not really interested in either or it's just mm-hmm. I'm interested in humans yeah. and and seeing couples was actually what I did for a lot of my twenties. I dated couples and. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were the male unicorn. You, you learn a lot about relationships. Um, oh, okay. Tell like, me. What did you like, learn? Yeah. Oh, I mean, just you would listen to one person, and, and you were like, okay, can I can I can I say what I'm hearing? You say because I don't think your partner is hearing that, and yeah. and rephrased from a third person's perspective oh. what I was hearing. So so uh, you're like a relationship oracle. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it it was kind of the best studying in a way that I could wow. do that I felt like that. I really could see these dynamics happening from a perspective that I could then walk away from later. Not your problem. And, <laughs> and you know, you're crying because this might have happened. Mm-hmm. And can I point this out? And then I'm going to step away and let you, you know, you guys work on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes oh, wow. I would get back and, and uh, I would hear from from one person of the, the relationship. And I was like, and they would, I, I remember directly people saying, you know, I think that what, what you did, what you sh- pointed out to us really has saved our marriage, oh have, has made, really? you know, uh, you know, like the way you showed my partner how to touch me or how I like uh. to be touched or a different way, you know, and, and mm-hmm. then uh, and engaging in that and, and knowing that there might not just be one way. Right. Yeah. So even as a, as like a person, like a really young person, like pre-professional life like yes. you were doing this work on the low when yeah you, when yeah, you were it, with, yeah it was very couples. much like just what I was interested in it was yeah. kind of like uh um yeah it was it was That's definitely something that it started at um at a young age when I lost my not a young age but uh, you know a good age and mm-hmm. uh, when I lost my virginity to that couple and that kind of started and uh yeah so how how would you can you t- can you speak to threesomes with two men and a, and a female versus the opposite um, I think that, you know, oftentimes you're in a relationship and, and, um, one partner brings up, Hey, let's do a threesome. And, uh, you're kind of like, all right. So a lot of, at least for in my, my world, uh, of, of hetero men, they're like, yeah, threesome, two girls. Yeah. And, and my <laughs> mind just never went there. Um, it always went to another, a guy and a girl, mm-hmm. because for me, I'm a, at the time I was a solely Apollo guy kind of, um, in the field and, um. And that was just easy and accessible to me um, mm-hmm. um, versus finding two women that wanted. So it was just uh, easier to navigate. But um, but really what I would find is that through that, the, the best experiences were were these, the ability, the, um, this, the sense that through this male-male-female threesome, I could explore safely with a guy. Mm. Um, and he could explore safely with me mm-hmm. in a way that felt like, not aggressive versus me meeting a guy one-on-one and, and, and having those flashbacks of, of my past that being experience. taken advantage of kind of like aggressive, aggressive behavior mm-hmm. that is a little deceitful. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So it kind of created a safe container for everybody to be able to experiment. Yes. Why do you think so many like hetero identifying men are, um, are reticent to engage with, um, other men sexually like in, in like a threesome sort of environment like why the why the why the high walls on the man box 
I, I think our society has definitely, I mean, created that that environment, uh, yeah, that I feeling. So and I think um, I'm so fortunate to like see now um, um, young adults in their 20s coming in and having not a lot of um, expectations around sexuality, which is great. Um, that's new, I think, for 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 what's happening now in our society. But um, yeah. but also I think that um, quite often you like you see like the expectations that I will be less masculine or that, mm. that I need to, I need to have this facade. Like, um, people use phrases like no homo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, which and is there's really a lot homophobic. Of, yeah. There's a lot of, uh, shaming in that. And I think that, yeah. that the, the space to explore, um, and that's how I, I really eventually got into what I did. Um, is, is I was working at a, uh, at a massage parlor. I was working the front desk. Uh, mm-hmm. A friend asked me to, to man that while she was going through a pregnancy. And so working the front desk, we'd have women in the back and, um, and they would, we'd have usually two women there. And sometimes one would call in sick, we'd be a little short. And so, uh, a man would show up and expect this, uh, this massage. And I'd say, well, you know, we don't have anyone right now. You can wait for 45 minutes or I could see you because there's an extra room. And to my surprise, men would say, okay. And when I spelled it out very clearly that I would be working with them, they were like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm down with that. And these you know? are, and to clarify, yeah. the, these are not small M massages. No. These no. are, these yes. are uppercase M massages. And so with, I like would, happy endings. Yes. And I would, I would bring them in and I would, and, and so it was a space that, that I am then creating being very transparent. Mm-hmm. This is, you're working with me. Um, and this is what now I am in charge of mm. and kind of recreating um, for me experiences that now I am in charge of. And I was like, these are my boundaries. Yeah. This is what I'm comfortable with. Are you comfortable with me touching you here? Are you comfortable with this? So, so mm-hmm. setting up a space was, I think, the right. really important thing that, um, that I learned. So I, I would do that. The owner was like, hey, why don't you use our advertising budget to, to market yourself in, in other arenas? And so I did that for a few years. And then... Um, that led me to go back to school through a partner that I was dating at the time mm-hmm. um, who was like, hey, let's do this course together. And that really set up awesome. my confidence and to be like, whoa, I ha- I've been doing some of this right. You know, I can do this better. Yeah. And, uh, and, Formalizing I can, it. and I can really uh, shape this up. And, do- and so that was kind of the evolution of, of my that. work. I love that. So would you identify as a sex worker? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're all in that ship. We're all we're all going down if it goes down. Um, but also, <laughs> yeah. just also putting it out there and being being more transparent about it. Um, mm-hmm. As as terrifying as that is, sometimes sure in so, in in our world of legality. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Well, I appreciate you yes. sharing yeah. with us and like being out. Definitely in the era of FOSTA SESTA, um, yes. it is an increasingly uh, increasingly risky and scary time to to be a Indeed. sex worker. Um, and when we say sex worker, we mean people who, um, you know, are, go ahead. I mean, a sex worker for me is that, you know, you, uh, you, you, I touch genitals, uh, for money. Yeah. And even though I have gloves on, it it would feel like if you came to a a session, it would feel like a, a a doctor's visit with a little bit more bedside manner (laughs) in that way. Um, maybe a little bit, um, but, uh, (laughs) um, but also just, um, there's 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 an there's that feeling that it is safe for for you know like and mm-hmm. I, I can yeah. create that space um right. because it, yeah. is. it is it is it is safe it yeah. is safe yes and um 
And, and oftentimes, so, so what I'll do is I work with men for the first, uh, like seven years and now I work with all genders, mm-hmm. um, um, couples uh, and individuals alike. And, um, but you'll have men that are coming in oftentimes identifying as hetero and mm-hmm. coming in very cautiously and being like, you know, I'm, I'm totally, I'm straight. I just, I just never experienced this or, or I've, curious. I'm curious and, and I'm like, that's fine. It, it, like just breaking down that, like, it's okay. And then yeah. also them wanting to know my sexuality, which mm. I'm very hesitant to, to share because I don't think it's a part of their experience. Right. But, um, but when you, and ultimately as long as you're having a consensual encounter, like doesn't matter to yeah. the our yes. conversation earlier yeah. about labels. Yeah. Like that's why I think that yeah. not using a label is just as telling. Yeah. And um, so that lack of label kind of gives them permission to live in the gray space between mm-hmm. what they view as a binary gay and straight, right? Like either like, oh, no homo, like, but I'm just curious or they're gay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this creates a space where they can comfortably experiment. Yes. And fuck yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you for doing the work. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It, it's, I think it's, it's great. And I've, 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 it, what I, what I love about it is that it does allow me a platform to a stage mm-hmm. of, of men that are coming in and, and see, you know, seeking out my work. Um, uh, men that have reached out and said, Hey, you know, I think I actually might have a, a, a sex addiction. Mm. Um, now by seeing you, is this going to is this just exacerbating it? And I'm like, absolutely not. We've, we've confronted this. Right. Um, You're naming it. How can we now work with it to make it manageable? Yeah. Because wanting sex in, and, and needing sex are important, but we can define like how much and how, you know. Right. Um, so, uh, and also uh, other, other times men will reach out and uh, like the prostate, the mysterious place mm. that no man has ever gone. Pleasure, holy yeah. grail. And so, uh, <laughs> so there's people that come in and have never experienced um, anything like this, and, sure. and, um, and there's a wide range of emotions that come up during that mm. experience. Um, so what comes up? Um, a lot of, if you think about if, if you've never had someone inside of you, and mm. you are this masculine identity, um, mm-hmm. um, a lot of emotions... Um, some, some good, some sad, uh, mm-hmm. some, some, a fetal position crying, you know, it's just, wow. it's, intense. it's a, it's, it's an intense experience that, mm-hmm. that really to have someone hold space for and, and just comfort through that. Yeah, it's really and then special. also I'd really encourage people to bring in uh, a notepad. Uh, um, I audio record actually. Um, cool. at the end, sometimes just words are just coming out of someone and they're just like this, and, and this about my life and I need to reshape this um, and I need to rethink about this relationship and um, record and I'll give that file to them um, and then I encourage people to also like journal about that experience and follow up and yeah. so that the next follow up experiences we can build upon a foundation um, working together over the course of I, I say about five to ten sessions is what I Wow, yeah. that's really amazing. Yeah. But you, so you really are living at the intersection of the spiritual and the sexual, Pretty, yeah. just in a totally different way than yeah. your parents did. Oh yeah, yeah. I, they never did touch therapy, so they would mm-hmm. do talk therapy. Okay. Um, and we joke about that. You know, they're retired now, but we, it would be a full, <laughs> a full family uh, business. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would get referrals from uh, social workers in that way and uh, psychologists. And Cool. Okay. So, so a guy comes in and he says, let's say like, Hey, what is the deal with my prostate? 
Like, what does a typical client visit look like? How does it go? Um, it would look none like, uh, not much unlike a massage. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, um, my training was very much a dance and movement based uh, massage style. Mm-hmm. So I do manipulate the body, kind of move and, um, but unlike a massage, a lot of people check out during a massage and they're kind of like, yeah, just give me Feels pleasure, great. like yeah. just massage those muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for, for, uh, for mine, we set up before we set up a, a very clear, um, documented and an audio like consent, what I want touched on my body. We have a gingerbread figure that mm-hmm. we mark, um, Oh, okay. And, and uh, you have that because some folks have difficulty finding language. Words, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I encourage words, and I still have that as a key part, but it's mm-hmm. sometimes a starting point for if, if, if a person comes in and, 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 and places a circle on, on their ass, you know, like, I want to be touched here, but I don't want to talk about it. And so right. I can start the conversation for them, and then they can jump in. Okay. Um, and you can then verbally confirm yes, and say, and would you like to be touched yes, on your ass? Yes. And they can be like, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> and often people are like, wow, that was so, that was so empowering. That was, um, mm. I've had, um, asking had for what you someone want. come in, and I was like, well, what do you usually like? And they were like, well, I, I don't know. My partner usually does that. And then they <sighs> stepped back, and they were like, wait. And I didn't have to say anything. I was just... Holding space. Take that in. Take take what you just said in. So oftentimes it's internal and you don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And that is a very disembodied, disempowered feeling. Yeah. So I will say, okay, right now my hand is in a two o'clock position facing down and I'll mimic with another hand. So often so it's see. not about pleasure at that moment. It's about learning your body. Education. Education. So you're doing hands-on pleasure education. Yes. Yes. That's really amazing. So how, t- talk to me about how you create that container of, com- of consent and t- like teaching, right? Like walk me through how you would go about teaching somebody to give themselves a better orgasm. Um, it comes over time. I don't, th- I think a lot of people come in and they want a uh, one-stop shop. They're like, okay, I'm going to come in. I have 90 minutes. Let's do this. Mm. Um, and I really do say it's over the course of me becoming familiar with your style, what you like. Um, Mm -hmm. and also you teaching me what you like. And through that, you're learning for yourself. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. this two o'clock position, medium pressure to the left a little bit, you know, this and, 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 and being shown so that you can then go back and articulate that to your partner. Yes. Or at least to to your own dance house with your vibrator or whatever toy you choose. Yeah. Um, That's great. And so in, in a typical massage, they'll come in and they'll have those things outlined. So we'll kind mm. of have like a map and we'll have four corners of okay. this map. And I'll make sure that you're not going to fall off this map. But where we go on this map is really up to, to your experience. And, okay. and resistance is also a, 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 an experience that comes up. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. incorporate, uh, like I said, with movement, but also a lot of breath work. Okay. And the breath work um, will be met by a lot of people saying, well, I... I don't, I don't want to do this breath work. It seems silly. Um, or, um, okay, I'll try it. I'll entertain you. And, mm-hmm. and I, for myself, coming from a personal experience, was really resistant against breath work. Mm-hmm. And uh, oftentimes we, we get into an aroused state and we <gasps> hold, hold our breath. breath. Yeah. And, and something that can just be said for breathing during oh, yeah. anything that might be a struggle um, mm-hmm. is 
is super important. Right. So what happens when you release that breath in the, cause I think everybody's been there where they're like pretty close and they're like kind of holding their breath, right? Yes. Like, yeah. okay, here it comes. I'm sort of bracing myself, like really tight, really tense. Just, just focus, focus, legs yep. are focused. Yeah. Everything is like, <laughs> breath is being held. Yeah. So you can still have it. And imagine if you could have, you could have that orgasm. And then imagine if you tried something, shifting something like 10 degrees, mm-hmm. what kind of orgasm would that look like? And so it's just reintegrating various multiple versions, types, styles mm-hmm. of releases. And, and orgasm mm-hmm. might be misleading okay. sometimes. Sure. I say release because someone convulsing and crying on my table is a release, mm-hmm. is some kind of an orgasm for their body that right. might not be defined as a physiological response it's still to just genital as touching. But, but, but a finger placed in side a rectum you know like mm-hmm. as they're having this experience is still an experience and a release of, of, sure. of sorts that is processing a lot in their life yeah I love that well and I think the, the acknowledgement that all different kinds of release are really valid mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. are you know kind of the goal of these shared spaces that we create together when we're in these sexual interactions mm-hmm. so. yeah laughing is also a very <laughs> not uncommon response okay uh a, an, an orgasm and then laughter and the and, and uh and sometimes um it, it just a, a pure sense of, of, of pleasure and joy and there are people that mm-hmm. come in and say okay you know like typical massage you check out you just get massaged. So there are people that come in and are empowered and be like, hey, you know what? I just want you to get me off today. Great. And, and I call those, ple- those are pleasure seekers. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and, and they're like, they know what they want. They come in. We got it. Um, I do, for my sake, I do a little bit of screening um, okay. beforehand. Um, but most people come in and I call them uh, experience seekers. And those are kind of the middle ground. And they're kind of, mm. something's in the way of getting to where I want. Or I just want to improve you know, shift 10%. I want to, you know, and then, um, a little, a little more rare is trauma, trauma clients. And they come in and there's a defined, uh, there's pain. There's, there's something that's, that's blocking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. So the, how, what's the sort of percentage mix of different types of clients that Um, you get? I would say I, I funnel people towards the middle. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'd say the, the middle is, is a lot of times people come in from the middle to the top tier. Okay. Yeah. Pleasure and experience. I love that. That's awesome. You're sort of graduating and and you're graduating people out of trauma into pleasure. Yes. And people that, that come in and they come in the pleasure sense. I'm like, we could do this all day, you know, but what next? Right. And, Mm -hmm. and if they're like, why? Yeah. What is next? I'm like, well, let's try this. So there's, so there's a, that, like I said, that platform that I'm allowed access to Mm -hmm. is, is a beautiful like stage that, that, that really people can seek some, some shifts. Oh, and, and you're creating space for them to ask what's next. Yes. As opposed to yeah. falling into habit, which I think a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we are going to go to break really quick. And when we come back, we're going to talk about navigating consent in multiple partner spaces and through your work. You're listening to Insert Here on Full Service Radio.
Welcome back. You are listening to Insert Here on Full Service Radio. We are a sex podcast where lust and learning meet. Today, I'm joined by Benjamin, who is a sexological body worker. And he talked about how he journeyed through consensual sex work into helping combine practices focused on both spirituality and sexuality to help all different kinds of clients deepen their pleasure practice. So welcome back. Here we are. Yes. So what was our next question? Consent. Consent. So so welcome back. Here we are. So let's talk about consent. We're living in Um, the Me Too era. Yeah, this is... um, and and I just want to preface, uh, you know, having having said that that label that I don't necessarily go mm. by, but I present mm-hmm. as white cis male. Mm-hmm. So uh, so this is something that I tread very cautiously on, um, and I think in my my experience, I think that that being cautious is is definitely uh, favorable and uh, not to be uh, not to take that masculine trait of of rushing in and mm-hmm. storming the gates you know like just right. really really take take us take a breath with every step um and and with that so so i say if i ever say anything that um that is offensive um whether i made you uncomfortable about your gender or i said something that was off taste mm-hmm. let me know if you have it within you to please let me know. And I know that's not the case. Sometimes, you know, we're just like sick and tired of, of everyone getting it wrong. We don't have the space to tell everyone. Um, and I get that. And, uh, but I would say if you're someone out there who wants to get it right, be open to Mm -hmm. criticism and tell, tell those around you that are close to you to give that feedback to you, to be open Mm -hmm. to not being perfect and to learning through, through this experience and know that you're going to get it wrong a few times. Um, you know, you might mis mislabel, misgender, mis miscalculate mm-hmm. a small situation, and and be open to to getting it right the next time, learning mm-hmm. from that experience. Yes, please preach. Can we say <laughs> it again so the fellows in the back can hear? <laughs> that's how you be an ally. Yeah, like, that's yeah. how you navigate and listen, consent. listen, listen, mm-hmm. like listen with with your heart listen with your mind listen to like what we are all saying and we're all humans um right and we're all we're all making um we're making efforts um and and through that we're, we're learning from these mistakes um right. and i think that's where we're currently at um is is a is a point of like uh this teetering like mm. wait now the now everything's out there now we're seeing this and i think a lot of times people were unaware yeah. And and now we're being seen this and um I'm talking to to people who feel um discouraged to move forward and uh or scared. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that that I have to uh I I think that we're in a space where we all need that support yeah. for each other um and accountability. And and speaking to the idea of accountability like how you provide that feedback to your point like the container that you make Mm. um Mm -hmm. is equally important like it's i think it's important for um us to remember that like men are victims of toxic toxic masculinity just as much as women are um it it forces them to quote be a man right and perform these these like gotta be strong and rock hard and like you can't have feelings or emotions and you certainly can't cry right and these are really restrictive things that sort of like stunt your ability to live 
like fully human almost, right? Like mm. if mm-hmm. like your heart is a part of like you as a full human, you're mm-hmm. not even allowed to acknowledge that. Like yeah. that's incredibly restrictive. So, and men are to- told that they have to like push and women are taught they should be the gatekeeper, right? Like, oh, I said no as long as I could and then I'd be fine. I'd let him, right? Mm-hmm. So removing that sort of like uh, rushing the gate and gatekeeper approach and creating space instead where you both can be like, okay, well, what feels good to you? Yes. What feels good to you? Okay, great. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Communicate, like ask questions, uh, make it fun um, and and use your words. Um and I think yeah, there's there's often times where I, I don't I don't want to to speak towards that towards the fact that yeah this is hard because I don't have it as hard as some of my female counterparts have, mm-hmm. and th- that that suffering. So I'm not I don't want to ask for pity in that way, mm-hmm. but I, I I think that the understanding that we're humans and yeah. and and working with that um, and. There, there can be a lot of anger that that, is, mm-hmm. that has been caused in this, and uh, and and that's rightly that's that's going to be an emotion that we need to feel and to get out. Yeah. Um, and and if you're if you're um, a, a masculine identifying person, to to ask how you can hold space for that anger and how you can like receive it mm-hmm. um, because it still needs to get out. Yeah. Um, and 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 maybe you can. Um, hold space for someone who 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 needs to release that 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 whatever it is and maybe mm-hmm. you're not the one accountable for what happened right. but you can be like hey on behalf of things that have happened how mm-hmm. can i be here as a support how mm-hmm. can i listen more how can i how can i be there that's in- and it's incredibly generous like truly that is like all the women in your life want to hear guys who are listening like that is literally all that we want to hear and you're right like there's a lot of anger going around right now and women are have been told forever that they're not allowed to be angry or show anger you know christine blasey ford was seen as a credible witness because she was sweet and soft and she didn't take up a lot of space and she certainly didn't raise her voice because if she did she would have been called hysterical Mm -hmm. So when we have these feelings and we don't have outlets where we are allowed to express them, even just providing an outlet to receive that is, mm-hmm. is a gift that you can give somebody. So, well and said. women are, we're being, we're being loud now. And, oh, so, yeah, and so listen, <laughs> listen, mm-hmm. um, and listen and, and take notes. And, uh, what is yeah. what does making a safe space mean to you? Cause that's obviously a phrase that's tossed around a yeah, lot. It's a yeah. phrase that we are using here. What does that mean to it's you? It's to your best ability to, because it, it and, and again, that's why but I. But to say, unpack, like, what is a safe yeah, space? I even? think that it's it's um, you have to it's it's independent of the person that you're creating that for for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a space where people yeah, feel. I think it's it's a space where people can feel comfortable being themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend come visit me um, for three days from DC, actually in New York, oh, hey. and at the end of the the weekend, uh, she was like, "Oh my gosh." And just hanging around doing doing things around Brooklyn and she was like, I was myself for like three full days. Aww. That's amazing. I don't know how often that happens. Um mm-hmm. and so uh, I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. So So how do we create space to allow each other to be who we are? Um I think eradicating the shame that happens often. Um and I am guilty of it in some manner. I think we all are. And just in, in realizing that being open to that, that conversation of, Hey, if I say something that, that, mm. that was off, like, how can I make it a better, a better space for you? Because I might, it's the things that we're doing 
unconsciously. Yeah, totally. And, um, and, and, and again, that can sometimes uh, circle into an ever-ending spiral. So there's, mm-hmm. there's a point where you want to have some control over this, but, mm-hmm. but you really, to be, to be cognizant of what you're saying mm-hmm. and how that might make someone feel. So empathy, empathizing, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and really not only relying on them to tell you, but be like, hey, if this were me, how would I feel in this situation? Yeah. Why do you think that gets lost so often? Um, I think for, for, for men, I, I think that we aren't often, we aren't, we're, we're kind of rough. We, we can take that, that taught um, to be, yeah, taught to be, we're kind of in, in callous. And I think that we're not, we don't have that sensitivity. At least I'm speaking generally. I'm Mm -hmm. not speaking for everyone here, but, um, and, and for me, I was, I was at a young age, always a petite build and petite frame um undergoing a lot of surgeries um that that corrected a lot of speech patterns that I had problems with and so growing up it was very much like I was kind of picked on and 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 in a way that didn't allow me to connect with men at the time Mm. um and instead I kind of latched on to more feminine people in my in in my like young years Mm. and so so really, I was, I think now is, is becoming more in my masculine is being able to empathize with both sides mm-hmm. of a spectrum mm-hmm. and, and, and having, having the ability to, to see both sides and, and know that oftentimes there's that gray area mm-hmm. and to explore and to be receptive to both sides and hear. Yeah, that makes perfect Listen. sense. Well, and I think it's worth calling out that a lot of folks feel that there I- even is no spectrum for gender, that the whole thing, much like race, is a construct mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we are taught and then perform. Um, so we, it's it's almost like, I think it's really liberating to throw that, to even if that's within you, to like throw the spectrum out and, and not be mm. like, oh, I have mm-hmm. to, I like have to be a woman or this kind of woman or as a woman, I need to be like be more masculine, right? Like still operating on that binary, just throw out the binary yeah. and be like, how do I want to hold space for myself? How do I want to move through the world? How do I, how do I want to interact with people? What kind of boundaries do I want to set? Yeah, and you are the creator. You are the you are the creator. You're the torch for that. And uh, <laughs> yeah. and each and every one of you listening, and and kind of, um, it starts with each of us mm-hmm. to like be aware. Yeah, the shame piece is big to call out too. Yes. I think. Yeah, and and sometimes it's things that we might not notice. Um, and if it's something that triggers you to hear something that might have been like, hey, you know what? Um, maybe it was a month ago. Someone there was something they said that maybe you didn't unpack until. Um, until you were getting a massage on it, you know, you, sure. something you had that moment of, and you know, like actually that really, um, like to, to set up the space, do you have that energy to tell that person that experience that, 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 that you know, that felt, felt wrong, that felt kind of, and to do it in a way that's constructive mm-hmm. and the person will hear, you know, a yeah. asking, Hey, are you open to hearing a little bit of feedback that I have for you okay. to make you a better human? Yeah. Um, so asking a yeah. prep cup, like a yeah. sort of tee up question like yeah. that, a prep question. Yeah. Um, because I found that for me as a mm-hmm. human, that's how I'm developing and, uh, yeah. and, and, uh, and 
yeah, becoming and, better. Well, and, and in that way, it, that brings it back to our conversation around consent, right? Like, hey, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Are you open to feedback? Mm-hmm. It may be difficult for you to hear. Yeah. Is that okay for you, right? Like, I'm checking in, I'm checking, I'm checking yeah. in. Okay, then I'm like providing you with the feedback. Maybe like, hey, when you did this thing, when you like sort of, when you exhaled strongly after I told you I didn't feel like giving you a blowjob today, mm-hmm. that felt like you were shaming me. Yeah. And be open to hearing that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you say, yes, I'm open to that conversation, don't start, but, but. That's not what I meant. Uh, yeah. You know, just mm-hmm. say, I hear you. You know, like, right. take it in and, uh, and understand right. that this is a perspective someone else is offering you so that you can be a better person. Right. So that you can. Uh, and it doesn't even mean having, your, like, you're yeah. admitting it or, or no. like, having to be defensive. You can just say, I hear you. Yes. I, yep. I'm going to work hard yeah. to try and make sure I don't do that going forward. Great. That's mm-hmm. all. That's yep. all, literally all and we yep. need to hear. Yep. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's like really that easy. But because I think, um, you know, and, and, and we'll wrap up after this. I, because I think we don't talk about sex in a public way, we're not taught how to talk about sex. And so we end up in these situations that we don't, we're not given language for. We're not taught how to communicate. And so it's, you know, so helpful to have access to experts like you who have really spent a lot of time and, and have had a lot of experience in, in learning those things and, and teaching, teaching that knowledge to other people. So thank you. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> My pleasure. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we wrap? Um, yeah. I mean, if, if further questions come about, mm-hmm. um, there's a, a site that I have a form that you can reach at and that's a E E E that's three E's massage.com. EEEmassage.com if you have follow-up questions or would like to schedule time with Benjamin. You have been listening to Insert Here. We are a sex podcast. We're less than learning meat. If you or someone you know might be a really great guest, you can reach out to us at insertherepodcast at gmail.com. Like the show or have thoughts about how we can make it even better, you can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm your host, Kate Warren. Stay horny.